Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the Muslim Moms Podcast with Nabiha and Warda. We are two sisters with 10 kids between us, sharing our experiences about motherhood, relationships, and striving to build happy Muslim families. Let's get cracking. Today's question is, how do you prepare for a new baby? So I have summed it up into read, relax, and reorganize. (laughs) You know I love a a good acronym there. Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, each of these can be so expansive, um, but just to give the overview of what I kind of, in my mind, when I think of being pregnant and that phase and trying to transition now into preparing for this little baby that's going to enter your life. I re- I think it's really important. I tend to go back and like learn as much as I can. So that's where the read component comes into play. The whole reading thing is really important because it gets me in the right headspace. Like I think back to my earlier uh, when I was pregnant with my first, it's there's just so much to learn. Like it's such a learning curve if you've never cared for a baby before. And obviously, if you've never had a child, um, you don't know what you don't know. You know, did you find that to be the case as well with your first how many moons ago? <laughs> of course, the first one, you're just kind of trying to see what is going to happen. You're not fully aware of the birthing process and what that's going to entail and how that'll come out for you. And then everything that follows suit afterwards. And I recall with my son, Yusuf, my firstborn, it was very interesting because he came very late at night. And by the time we got home from the hospital, just like people wanted to come visit. He was my first. He was the first on both sides. And we weren't ready for guests. We weren't ready for all these people to come and hang out and see the new baby. We had just walked in our house and they're like, yeah. And not just like my mom and like like other people who are like, just friends. And they're like, yeah, we're on our way. I was like, we literally walked in the house. We haven't put down our baby bag. We don't know how to situate to get, you know, diapers set up and the changing things and everything necessary. So that was an experience knowing that as a first time mom, as much as I planned and tried to get things, things didn't go my way. And it (laughs) was just, I mean, I can say that like, no matter Thankfully, I mean, you had a very interesting situation that you were like the first baby for like all of us. So yeah, I didn't like I was fortunate to have you uh, seeing you have multiple babies. I think I came and had my first when you were on your fourth. So I had all that insider experience. Um, but you know what? It's still like crazy hot mess express because you really when you have that baby for the first time in your care on that first night. Whew, it is a whirlwind, like labor and birth and baby and house and like everything trying to figure out. Uh, I just remember it being so funny. I think back to it, like we just did not know how to situate things that first couple of nights. No. And, and even like how to set up a playpen and, and making sure I didn't realize I needed one. And then you have your husband. I had him run out to the store to go pick up things because we're like we don't have all the necessary equipment pre-amazon y'all yeah (laughs) like well for us at least prime delivery oh yeah for my time with yusuf we didn't do prime we actually did like babies are us um i'm sorry with jabber yeah so during that time it wasn't like okay next day delivery it was you got to go out and get what you need so it was a different time and just trying to like figure it all out i remember it was just really hard and then on top of that you're not sleeping 
So for him specifically, it was he was feeding every hour and I was just not not sleeping at all because I was so like trying to get it organized. And I think every mom can relate to that. No matter if it's your first or your seventh, it's a lot going on in that beginning days of just situating yourself and getting the new baby acclimated to the space. And especially if you have other kids and kind of getting them prepped and, and they're so excited to see their siblings. So it's a lot. Yeah. So you, yeah. you expressed it perfectly well that it can be a, a bit of a mess. <laughs> yeah. And, and well, the, here's the thing. That's why I think like whether or not I did this every single time, each time I had to prepare for a new baby, I put more emphasis on this like reading, which I kind of summarize as getting yourself in the right headspace, like being mentally prepared for less sleep, less time, less energy. <laughs> um, obviously, you have more, more baby, more love, more hormones, everything, you know, but um, it's, it makes such a difference when you know that you're going to be going into something that's really beautiful, but really challenging um, and and get educating yourself about that process. Um, and even just like how to care for a baby, you know, um, like the little uh, classes that you can take to prepare yourself for when the baby's coming, refresher courses. And there's so many online courses out there that you could pay like 20 bucks and take a course and remind yourself on these little care tips or find out, you know, what are the latest things going on with, uh, you know, uh, first aid and those type of things. It just can help you um, if you're that kind of person who really likes to be aware and educate yourself as much as possible. Of course, this can be exhaustive, you know, so. Yes, I'm a research person at heart, <laughs> so I know that going overboard. So toward the end, the last couple of weeks, I try to stay away from the computer, my phone or just research in general. I just kind of want to I already know what's going to happen in a sense. So it's kind of just calm your mind if you're that kind of person and i know right. that for me that can cause some anxiety and make sure make you overly excited and then also to the point where you scare yourself yeah. <laughs> with yeah. all that especially you, if, if you're coming. worried about labor which is what most people most people spend their concerned worried about labor and nursery <laughs> yeah. and honestly like the labor will go its way and and i i'm a big believer in you know preparing for your labor but after that's done, you have a lot more other things that you probably may look back and wish you did a better job sort of preparing yourself for. We so. actually did a whole episode on labor and both of our labors with hospital versus home birth. So be sure to check that out if you haven't, because that was a great episode. Absolutely. Well, my my next tip that I had put in my um, thought process was relax. Like, that's not something I think a lot of people, especially with this, like, drive of like prepping for the baby. I mean, I do have reorganize in there, which kind of talks more of those practical things. But the relaxing piece, I think a lot of people don't do this enough, especially in our generation. But I think it's important to prepare for the baby by having an enjoyable pregnancy as much as you can. I know some people have extremely challenging pregnancies where they have no choice but to be in bed rest or they have no choice but to just endure uh, the challenges that are set before them. But, you know, pregnancy does have its perks, you know, here and there, you know. So uh, some of that nurturing that we get from people or just like that time to just, you know, I, I think it's OK to nourish and indulge a little bit, you know, put your feet up, rest. Uh, with my last one, I got a pregnancy massage, which I had never done previously. And it was so nice. I was like, this is 
what we should be doing more of, you know? <laughs> um, but just like being at peace a little bit. I think that along the lines of mentally preparing yourself, but also like physically allowing yourself to just be and, and remind yourself, it's going to get a lot more challenging as the baby arrives. Just enjoying that quiet time with you and your spouse and just having you know, some downtime where you're not just focused on the prepping part of it and getting all the necessary equipment and all of that, but just watching a movie or, you know, soaking in a tub if you have access to that. Something that is really indulgent to you, I think is necessary. If you like doing your nails, if you like doing a facial or whatever calms you down and gets you to be in that mind space, because it's going to be rough after like we're not going to lie to you and say it's going to be a, a, a easy journey it it is hard those first couple of months with a new baby and there's a lot that's going to happen so why not take that moment of just calm peace and relax and get yourself and your body you're mentally in a place to receive all the blessings and all of the things that will be coming up very shortly well, well put i really like that I know some people do the baby moon um, where they have a special outing with them and their spouse where they can have that special time right before the baby comes. I mean, whatever you have to do, I think um, go for it. You know, you use the opportunities presented to you. And even if you don't have those opportunities, just do something like Nabiha said with your with yourself and enjoy. Yeah, I know for my last pregnancy that I had uh, me and my husband, we it was one night because we had to get babysitter for our kids. But it was one night we went away and it was our baby moon and it was so needed. Like I didn't realize how much I needed that one night. And one night you say, you know, whatever, why, you know, that's not that much. But for us, one night and five kids, we'll take that one night. It was beautiful. And just to have that calm and it was by the beach and just relaxing and something that was so when we came back, we were ready for what was next because we were able to both come back from a place of just this hectic go, go, go so that we could face the next st stage of what was to come. You so know, maybe one excellent suggestion there. Yeah. And I think like uh, I remember one um, husband was mentioning how after many years of never being together, just him and his spouse, they decided to go for this vacation together. And it was crazy because his wife forgot how to sleep in or you know it was just like our bodies get so in mom mode. Yeah, yeah so it was just like she could not um return to like remind herself and i think that's important to reflect on that if we just neglect 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 um like our bodies take that toll and so it's not just gonna like turn on just like that like you're gonna immediately go into that relaxation mode but a little bit at a time does make a difference. Like you mentioned, the one night, like it just lets you to de-stress. And, and even if you don't feel it right away, like your body is feeling the impact of the stress and the nervous system and all of that. So just breathing and not having to get up and, you know, help children, um, especially for us, you know, we have multiple children. So um, very important. So now let's get into like the really good stuff. And that's like what I had categorized as reorganize. But um, if it's your first time, you're probably organizing for the first time. For many of us, it's reorganizing. And that's basically when you actually do the, the hands-on, logistical, prepping up, setting up your space for the baby. So let's talk a little bit about some of those things that you do. You're kind of in that phase right now of prepping and setting up for a baby's arrival. 
Um, and so uh, you could probably <laughs> relate hands down uh, on the ground. What are you working on right now as you prep for baby number seven? Well, yes, there is a lot that I am doing currently. Uh, one of which, which I recommend everybody do, is do an inventory of what you have so that you can see what you need. Mm. And that's really important because I know, especially for my last pregnancy, this one, uh, I received so many things from many people because, you know, we've passed down things and people return them. A lot of babies so, in the family. <laughs> yeah. So I had, I want to say at least five play pens at one point. And I was like, uh, I have one baby. I don't need this. <laughs> so it's just like we need, you need to do an inventory. But granted, some of those playpens were over a decade, right? Or yes, we did. We did. Yeah, we did have to go through yeah. and, and, and sort through. But in general, depending on what you have acquired, maybe you've had a shower recently or perhaps people have given you, um, you know, hand me down clothes, all of these items, put them together in one room and go through everything. And then there are such handy lists online that can tell you if this is especially if this is your first pregnancy of what you need to have for baby. So they will have lists of what you should pack for the hospital bag or what you should be having for that first couple weeks of uh, the newborn stage, how many hats, how many bibs, how many, all of the things that are included in that. So do an inventory, see what you have and see what you need. And by doing that, then you can have a registry set up. So Nowadays, a lot of the registries are online, super easy to send out to friends and family if you're not having a shower per se, but people can help you purchase items that you actually want. Rather than giving you five of the same thing, you'll be able to get different items that you actually need and can use, which is very helpful, I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, for me, I'm a big believer that the the registry is more for you than it is for, you know, sharing like you it's wonderful to share it and, and help friends and family. But like you mentioned, after you've gone through all that inventory and you kind of figured out what you actually need, it's kind of a big process to sit down and now actually choose those items that you want to get. Um, like, so for me, it's like a huge relief when I'm done with the registry because I know everything that I need is already listed for me. I just have to figure out the timeline of when I want to get these items. But like that part of it is done. You know, I know what I need. Um, so a registry, you know, make it for you, get put in all the, the would be fun stuff, but then of course all your essentials and make sure you check that little box that says, um, what does it say? This is an essential or must have, must have item. That's what it is. <laughs> and then another thing that you can do is declutter. Um, the last baby I had was my best experience because I just went in nesting mode galore. And of course, years of like, practicing decluttering and, and minimizing. Uh, I, I went through every single closet in my house and space that I could touch just because, I mean, if you want to make room for new, you got to get rid of some of that old. And, and that just helps to make the transition so much smoother. So if you have the time available, if you could just like get rid of some things that you no longer need, organize, tidy up as much uh, limit the chaos as much as possible because <laughs> especially those first three months after the baby comes like for me I go by threes so when I'm prepping the baby clothing I'll do it by three months like I make sure I have everything I need for those first three months available to me um, in terms of clothing items and and baby you know whatever items like wipe warmer if that's your thing or 
bottle sterilizer, whatever it is that you need um, for that early stage, have those on hand, put away the toddler toys, put away, you know, the things that are for bigger babies, like don't crowd your space. You with don't things. need a high chair in your bedroom. <laughs> put it away. And honestly, that has happened to me where we just put all the baby stuff in my bedroom. And I'm looking around looking like there's explosion of baby equipment. And you know, all those things are super colorful and just Oh, outrageous. They're 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 meant for babies, so they're stimulating. So at night it was hard to just even go through it. And I know you came over to my house and was like helping me. I just I had a mental block about well, it. I just you said, also went through a major move. Well, um, so that but that definitely played into it. But I moved now all of the baby gear that we don't need for later on into my daughter's closet because eventually her and the baby will be sharing a room. So all of that gear has been moved out. And all I did was keep those first three months, like you mentioned, the essentials, the wipes and the, the things, the baby lotions and potions. <laughs> yes. All the extras have been put out of the space because when you pack those things up, one, you, you get to see how much, you know, things you have. <laughs> and then also you only focus at that time. It's much more easier to handle and grasp those three months rather than, looking at it as a whole grouping. Yeah. Um, one thing which I do a lot is w one thing that I tend to do very early is to wash the baby clothes and have it all prepped, like take off all those tags. I had my son actually yesterday cutting off all the tags and the bibs and, and my daughter was folding them. So I've included my other children in the process because one, it gets them excited. They feel like they're doing something they can help out. But then also, it's less work for you. So you can give some of those tasks that may be bothering you or things that you have on your list. Pass it on to other people who can help you. If that be your husband or maybe your kids, yeah. let them help you out. Don't have it be all on you. Yeah, I, I recently involved my husband in my process of how I store the baby clothes for the different ages and stages. And first of all, I'm just amazed that he did not understand my system that the three months spin means for three months but um, of course I think he just wasn't paying attention to my process and once I explained it to him he actually just took it over and and was like I got it like this is something I feel comfortable I can do it I can manage it just give me whatever you need to sort whatever category it has to go in you're done with it it's too big I'll take care of it and I was just like where have you been for the last two kids? I mean, this is amazing. Um, but again, it was my my fault for not realizing that this is something I could delegate out. So um, that was revelatory for our family. So sometimes we do hold on to things that we can actually just, you know, delegate out. You're the mama. You got to relax. You're already carrying the baby. So you're doing your part more than above and beyond. Let people, you know, and one of the things that I think is really critical is food. Like, Food prep is big. Yeah. And uh, what I like to do is prepare some casseroles and easy freezer meals ahead of time and just kind of put it in my freezer so that I know that first week we're covered. So if I don't have anyone else around that can help, I've got dinner for my kids available, something very simple. You take it out the freezer. And these little things of just like prepping, cutting up your chicken and frying it up or having like little veggies prepped. These things help you along the process. We've done an entire uh, podcast on prepping meals and kind of getting that sort of thing in order of how to get dinner on the table. So if you haven't, again, we're referencing our past podcast so that people can know that there are those resources available. Be sure to check it out. 
but having other people to come in is important. So if you're able, if you're someone who has uh, the luxury of having family around or even just flying in to visit, maybe it's your mother or your mother-in-law, even your sister or a friend that can come for those few days in the beginning to help take that stress off of you. So your primary focus is the baby and they can come in and help you. That goes a long way. And and I know that one thing, especially like newborns, they, they're very needs-based. Like they need to be, um, they need to eat. They need to be changed. But the emotional aspect is not there, right? They're babies. So if you can get grandma or close friend to come and hold the baby, I, I have found this so helpful in that first week or two weeks. Um, while I'm not feeding the baby, I have someone else help me take care of the baby, like my husband or, or my mother-in-law helped a lot. And I actually spent some time with my boys, the older children, in those very early stages because I was so... Um, worried. I did not want them to have any resentment or stigma or any kind of issues surrounding the baby. So I wanted to actually put a little extra attention on like, okay, guys, let's do a craft together. And I know that's wild to think about doing that while you have a newborn. But you know, I'm a teacher. So that's my jam. And so we just did some like really uh, bonding activities. And to me, I felt that the, the repercussions or the reward of that was just so worthwhile, because as they kind of grew, they did not feel that um, sense of jealousy or like they're losing their mom. They actually felt more like, oh, wow, this is our family and we're growing and mom will still have time for me. Um, so whatever you have to do to kind of prioritize and, and, and delegate, I think goes a really long way. A good tip for that that I've done previously is to have uh, my I've, I've ordered gifts for my other children when they were very little and I've wrapped them and had them ready to go. So while I was in the hospital, whoever was taking care of them, they gave them the gifts and it was from their new sibling, kind of like this is a gift. So they're excited. Oh, wow. My sister just gave me these gifts and something small, but just to get them excited about the new baby and kind of, you know, build that in them so that they don't tr- feel those feelings you were talking about of jealousy and and whatnot yeah i'm I'm really glad you did that because we actually patterned off of that and and i think it does make a difference um and and so when it comes to like the timeline of things because this is a lot like what we're mentioning here i mean this is above like registry and decorating and decluttering and food prep and and we didn't even get too much into like baby bag prep and hospital bag prep and like some of those really important things like, I think it's important to realize, like, you have a big, almost like less than a year, nine months, eight months, seven months, however long you have determined, you got to use those early months. Like, you cannot wait till that last trimester to start doing things. Like, sometimes you're like, oh, it's too early. Let me not do my registry. Or let me not start thinking about these things. But that time at the end goes so fast and you don't know how you're going to feel. So I say that middle trimester six, seven, eight months, that's usually when we feel our best because you're, you know, getting out. If you have a, if you have morning sickness, you might not feel your strongest, but, you know, use the time when you feel good. Uh, one of the fun things that I like to look into planning is the Akika. This is a strong Sunday in our religion. So we like to do it very early and try to have it um, prepped. So if we're doing a celebration for it, we've already 
determines, you know, the time frame of that. Yeah, I like that you mentioned the aqiqah because that is definitely an area that if you've never been involved in sacrificing an animal before and how that even works, it can, it just, it's just a lot of learning to do, um, trying to figure out, well, who do I contact? The farmer, the butcher, like what, what's going on here? And so, um, those rituals surrounding having a baby, like it's really good if you can reach out to people ahead of time. Cause you might assume like, Oh, I had a baby. Let me just call my local, um, halal meat store and see if I could get arranged. And then you'll find out. No, like this stuff takes months and months of like, finding the animal because uh, you know there's a lot involved in it so don't wait till last minute you know <laughs> that that's a really important ritual to really um look into and explore and the other one is like the circumcision like you know know where you stand know what your hospital is doing that's something related to our tradition um and then the baby name Ooh, right yes that's like naming fun. your child is kind of a big deal you know this this human being you have this great responsibility and this great honor to choose a name for your child and i know this can be a area of contention sometimes <laughs> because the husband and the wife sometimes have um different different opinions but um i would i would say have that list that short list of names available because i can't like there's nothing more stressful than having to choose a name at the last minute and then you're like well how do we spell it and then regretting you know like that nobody wants that feeling and then I would even um, go so far as to say, like, learn the protocols for your hospital. If you're giving a hospital, learn what the process is. Where do you go when your water breaks and you're in that state of panic and, and you know, not really thinking? Make sure that whoever's with you, they know exactly where to go, what to do, all of that, so that it's easy. A little bit of prep goes a long way. And again, that's in that research phase that you were mentioning um, in the beginning there. Uh, I was going to say also for postpartum, we should plan for postpartum. Planning for postpartum. I like that because okay. uh, it's not just about the baby. Like you're also healing and recovering and, and going through a lot of changes. And so make sure you think about yourself and, um, you know, be an advocate for yourself. You know, mental health is something that is critical as part of our physical health. Mental health is part of that. And so um checking in with yourself and your spouse and making sure you guys are, um, you know, keeping tabs on those things. Don't let them get away from you. Baby blues is a real thing. Most many, many moms experience it. And a lot of times it's sourced from overwhelm and extreme exhaustion and sleep deprivation and all of the things that are, are real and difficult, but we can also do some things to help ourselves um, along those, along those lines. And then you mentioned uh, the baby blues, but also postpartum depression. If you're someone who's susceptible to that or who has previously experienced that in another pregnancy, be aware of the signs and symptoms and you and your husband as well so that you can look out for those in the early days and be able to recognize it and do something about it early on. So don't just sit and suffer in silence. These are real things that occur and your body is going through a lot. Make sure that you are paying attention to how you're feeling and what's going on around you, because that's something that will affect not only yourself, but your baby. Yeah, most definitely. And, and along those lines, I know when we talk about how to prepare for a baby, we sometimes forget about our spouse in this whole picture, because there's a lot of attention on the baby and a lot of attention on the mom. And so I think preparing for preparing your husband to know that it's going to be a little bit of a backseat for him <laughs> for the beginning and, and, 
sort of having that conversation with him and that communication, I think will allow to just make it a little more harmonious because we don't want when we look back at these early stages of having a newborn to have any resentment or having it be the source of greater conflict in our marriage. There's so much to be said about this topic. It's it's very vast. So we're going to just try to wrap it up and head into our what's next. So what do you suggest, Marta? So for what's next, I'm going to suggest an article that um, myself and my husband put together a few years ago, and it's called Naming Your Muslim Child. And it's on, uh, you could just search for it on Google, but it's a seven page or so article that gives you as much information as possible to help you choose a really solid name for your child, one that um, you can feel comfortable with from a cultural perspective, from a religious background, and uh, making sure you're staying away from some of those pitfalls, because there are some names that we are not um, supposed to be naming our children. And there's a lot of different different uh, discussions and things to consider in regard to that big responsibility of naming your child. As you could tell, it's something I'm very passionate about. So. I would recommend reading that article or any article about naming your child and really getting a little more deeper on the topic. From my what's next, I would suggest everyone to listen to The Fic of Pregnancy by Sheikh Omar Suleiman. And this helps give you a reminder of the virtues of being pregnant, but also for just being a mom as a whole. It's a multiple part episode on YouTube, and it really gives so much information and just the virtues of being a mom and the reward that is there. So I would definitely recommend you check that out. Okay. Um, and make sure that you go to MuslimMomsPodcast.com and you can check out the show notes uh, for today's episode to find the links of some of the resources that we've mentioned today. Very good. So thanks for listening. And as always, be good to yourself. To support this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. For feedback, topic ideas, or just to continue the conversation, email us at muslimmomspodcast at gmail.com. Assalamu alaikum.